listening to this sermon from Garden City Methodist Church. We want to invite you to worship with us each Sunday at 10.30 a.m., either in person or online. You can come to our beautiful sanctuary at 62 Varnado Avenue, Garden City, Georgia, or you can worship with us online as we stream our services at GardenCityUMC.com. Our scripture for this morning is found in Luke chapter 14. We're going to start at verse 1 and then jump down to verse 7. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of the leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of, the honor, the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. And then you'll be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return. But you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you'll be blessed, because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to read scriptures about people fighting over who gets the head of the table. I usually think, ah, oh, it doesn't apply to me too much. I don't care where I sit at a dinner table as long as they're serving me food. I'm happy. I'll sit at the kids' table if you serve me the good food. I don't, I don't really think I would care about the status of where I get to sit. So I think, all right, next. I'm good. I don't need to hear this one. Next. Because I don't think of myself as being obsessed with status until someone cuts in front of me in a line. And then I realize that I very much care who gets the closest to the front of the line, who gets the closest to the head of the table. At Roger's school, uh, I usually pick Roger up and drop him off at school in the mornings. So at Roger's school, I make a left-hand turn to get into the school. And most people turning into Garden City Elementary have this left-hand turn that you go into. But some people come from the opposite direction and they turn right. And every once in a while, I'll have been sitting in that line for like half an hour. And then someone will bop in from the opposite direction and just make a right-hand turn right away. And I think, who are you to get in front of me in line? I've been sitting in this line for half an hour. And you think you can just come up from the opposite direction and get in front of me? That is so unfair. And I stew about it because I believe that I deserve my spot at the front of the line. Whereas this person doesn't. Trying to think of something church appropriate that I could say there. <laughs> Didn't come up with it. But then I remember at the last school that we were at, I made a right hand turn to get into the car line. 
And there were times when I was in a hurry. And there had been someone in the, lo the long line in the opposite direction. And I would bop up and I would say, I've got the right of way. I'm making a right hand turn. Or I would say, Oh, they just don't understand. I've got, I'm so busy. I've got so much stuff I've got to get to. My schedule's got to be more important than that person's schedule, so I'll just bop up here to the front of the line, make that right-hand turn, and go. Because I don't think that I'm obsessed with status until I have to let someone else in front of me in the line, and then I realize that I think that just by virtue of being myself, that I deserve to be as far up ahead in that line as I can be. And everybody else just needs to get in the back. I think that is a human tendency. If not, then maybe I'm just uniquely selfish. But um, I'm no better than the folks at this wedding feast trying to get into the seat of honor. Because I believe that I should be at the front of the line. It's kind of the 21st century version of being at the head of the table. It seems to me that human beings in general have this tendency to want to be recognized. We want to be at the head of the table. We want to be at the front of the line. We want to gain status and prestige. So my question today is, is that wrong? Is it wrong for me to want to be the first one to pick my kid up? Is it wrong for me to want to just get ahead of my day? Because it seems like Jesus is taking this desire to be at the head of the line and it's turning it upside down in this passage. Which is a problem because our whole world is based on a system that organizes itself based on prestige and honor. We have a class system where if you're a first-class passenger, you get all the perks. And if you're in coach, then you get nothing. You don't even get peanuts anymore. Right? Our whole world is in this system where if you have the money, you can get whatever you want. You can buy yourself a seat at any table that you want to be at. You can be recognized in honor at any place you want to go. In fact, our culture almost views wealth as a kind of virtue in and of itself. Right? We, we, we care what rich people think. We care what rich people say. We think if this person has money, then they must be smart and they must be good. And so therefore, we must listen to them. Right? We sort of believe that wealth is a virtue. And we, we ascribe to be like the people that we see or that are rich. We think money can buy us status. Or we think that self-righteousness can get us closer to God. We think if we want to be loved by God, if we want to get at the head of God's table, then we better act right and make sure that other people see us acting right. It's like we believe that our own self-righteousness can get us closer to God. So we, we judge by money, we judge by self-righteousness or righteous actions. We judge by physical attractiveness. There are good-looking people that can go to places that uggos like me can't get in. And it's okay. But, but our society and our world, 
operates on a class system that, that says if you have the money, if you look the right way, if you act the right way, then you get at the head of the table. You get to the front of the line. You get put on the news. And if you don't have any of that stuff, well, then you might as well just be a second-class citizen. And there's a certain kind of logic to this, right? The logic, the conventional wisdom goes that if you work hard enough and you stay out of trouble and you, you just work on it, then you'll get rewarded for all the good things that you're doing and you'll move up this ladder of success and honor. You'll get what you deserve. And so if someone else isn't as highly honored or respected as I am, it stands to reason that it must be because they haven't worked as hard as I've worked. That's the story I tell myself anyway. If I, get, if I get to jump in front of the line at the school, it's because I'm a busy and important person, and that other person it must not be as busy as important as I am. That's the story I tell myself. Shouldn't a just world yield a system where those who work the hardest and act the best, and maybe even look the best, get the best seats? That sort of system makes a lot of sense to me, and there's a certain kind of logic there that appeals to me. The problem with it is that Jesus doesn't agree. Jesus bucks this way of thinking hard. Jesus tells us to pursue the seats of lesser status. Jesus tells us to go for the lower prestige. He tells us to invite the beggars and the poor and the injured and the sick to our feasts. Why is Jesus doing this? Why does Jesus buck this conventional wisdom? Is he just trying to keep us on our toes? Just trying to keep us guessing what the right thing to do is? I think maybe Jesus just likes to watch pompous people squirm a little bit. I think he likes showing up at a dinner party and throwing this bomb of <laughs> go seek the fewer status so the people at the top seats kind of start wiggling their collars a little bit. Oh my gosh, he's talking about me. Maybe Jesus just likes to watch the pompous people squirm. There's some people that read passages like this and point to it and say, see, Jesus is a socialist. He's trying to get us to live a different kind of economy. He wants us to redistribute all the wealth. I don't know. I don't think that is Jesus' economic treatise. I think there's something else going on in this passage that goes beyond economics and goes beyond just trying to make people squirm. Here's what I think is going on. Have you ever seen two or more kids fighting over a Happy Meal toy? It is pathetic. Got a couple of little Happy Meal toys here. I like to call these things pre-trash. You might have seen one. I bought one of these off of... Uh, off of, uh, shoot, his name just shot out of my head. Grant, thank you. Why can't I think of Grant's name? I bought one of these off of Grant right, before, right after Children's Church because it matched the one that I brought with me. My kids sometimes fight over Happy Meal toys. I'm sorry, kids, to embarrass you. But, you know, you've got this Donkey Kong toy here. Donkey Kong's a pretty good Nintendo character, but he's not the greatest. And if you've already been gotten Happy Meals and everybody already has a Donkey Kong, and then two kids get more Donkey Kongs, and one kid gets a Yoshi, who at our house is the best Nintendo character, the highest, 
the most status, then these kids are going to fight over who gets to have the Yoshi. It's not fair that you got the Yoshi and I got the do another Donkey Kong. How come you get to have Yoshi and I have to stick, be stuck with this dumb monkey again? Uh, it's, it's awful. Or what's even worse is when they all have identical Happy Meal toys and yet they still argue over which, whose identical Happy Meal toy is whose. That's my Donkey Kong. No, it's my Donkey Kong. No, that one belongs to me. Yours is that one. Ugh! Yes, 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 we get it. You love to fight over plastic. This is pre-trash, y'all. There is no way in which there's a scenario that Roger is going to take one of these Happy Meal toys to college with him. Right? And, and treasure it forever. I'm going to have to give this back to Grant after church, I promise him. It's more of a rental than a purchase. But next week, I don't think Grant's going to cherish his Yoshi Happy Meal toy. Maybe I'm wrong. But eventually, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime down the road, these guys are going to end up in a landfill. They are pre-trash. And yet, my children endanger the relationships that they have with each other to fight over them. Y'all, when we fight over status based on money, to God, it's like we're fighting over Happy Meal toys. God says that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. It says it in Isaiah and it says it in Philippians. Our best actions, our most holy selves, our, all of our self-righteousness put together might as well be filthy rags to Jesus. He is so much holier than us. To an infinite God, our richest billionaires might as well be sitting on a pile of Happy Meal toys for all they matter to God. To a beautiful God who is an infinite beauty, our most attractive supermodel might as well be Elephant Man. Because God is so much higher, he's so much richer, he's so much better, and he's so much more beautiful than any human being. God is not impressed with our money. God is not impressed with our self-righteousness. He's not impressed with our looks. He's just not. He's so high above us on each of these levels that our perceived status differences are irrelevant to him. Elon Musk might as well be a beggar on the street compared to God. It's all the same to him. To him, it's just a difference between a Yoshi Happy Meal toy or a Donkey Kong Happy Meal toy. The way we get closer to Jesus isn't to climb up some kind of ladder of social status. It's not to climb up some ladder of righteousness. The way to be close to Jesus is to be close to Jesus. That's it. To love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our mind and all our strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We know what it takes to get to the head of God's table and that's it. There's no trick to it. There's no striving to it. It's just a decision to be close to Jesus today.
Jesus' idea of a just world is not a world where everybody gets what they deserve because we all don't deserve any of it. A just world is where we each receive good things from Jesus as we draw nearer to him. Everybody has the same invitation. Draw near to Jesus. Everybody has the same opportunity to receive good things from him. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't consequences for evil, and it doesn't mean that there aren't rewards for faithfulness. God does judge our behavior, and he wants a world that's free from sin, so sinful behavior does have consequences. But those rewards and those consequences don't impact who we are on a core level. They're external. On a core level, we are all equal at the foot of the cross. Oscar Romero said it like this. He said, let us not tire of denouncing the idolatry of wealth, which makes human greatness consist in having and forgets that true greatness consists in being. Our value is not in what one has, but in what one is. And what you are is a beloved creation of God. You do not have to strive to earn status. You don't have to strive to earn God's acceptance. You don't have to strive for God's love. You've already got it. And so you are free to not have to compete with other people for it. That's just freedom to me. Because when we're free not to compete with others for a status or a leg up, then it frees us up to look around and say, who else could use a hand? Who else could use some grace? Who else could I invite to my table that doesn't already know that they're loved by God? Because who cares? Who cares if the sick or the poor are the ones that we attract? Who cares if the mentally ill are the only ones that that want to be around us? Who cares about uh, the status that we lose by surrounding us ourselves with the broken people? Because Jesus loves those folks just as much as he loves you and me. Intelligence is another thing. Our smartest human being doesn't hold a candle to God. We think we're so much better than other people, but to God, we are all pretty much the same. I get to share what I have with Jesus' other kids when I stop having to strive to get my own. We can have wealth. That wealth doesn't make us inherently bad, but we just want to use it in the way that Jesus would want to. Ober Hendricks said like this, wealth is unjust according to the ethics of Jesus when it is used in a way that disregards what he likened to the greatest of all commandments, to love your neighbor as yourself. Wealth is not an unjust thing. It's not a problem unless you're going to use it in a way that disregards our command to love our neighbor as ourselves. When we have much, we are on the hook to share much to love our neighbors with what we've got. The way to get close to Jesus isn't to climb up a social ladder. It's just to RSVP to his party. It's just to say yes to him. And then to share the bounty that we get there at that table with our neighbors. 
It is that simple. It's not about any kind of moral superiority. It's not even about having the exact right belief system. It's not about getting as much as you can. It's about saying yes to Jesus and then letting him take care of the rest. So my question for you today is, how have you been striving? Have you been striving for the sake of Jesus? Or have you been striving for the sake of recognition? You do not have to strive to get Jesus to recognize you. You can strive for the sake of others so that they can can realize that Jesus loves them. Wouldn't it feel good to stop striving for our own sakes? Wouldn't it be good to stop striving for God to love us, to know that we are already loved, that the striving doesn't have to happen? What if you knew that your place at Jesus' table was so secure that you didn't have to do anything for it? And you could turn around and put all the effort that you had in getting higher up the table and then pour that out for other people. Who would you share with if you didn't have to worry about that status? Who would you associate with if you knew you didn't have to protect or defend your place in order to do so? God's calling us to open up our tables to people that need to hear the good news of God's love for them. Stop striving for a place and start opening up places for others. That's how we get closer to Jesus. But maybe you're here today and you felt like there's something in the way of RSVPing yes to Jesus. Maybe there's something in the way that you just have never felt like you quite measured up, like you haven't quite earned a place at God's table, like you haven't quite earned a spot close to Jesus. Whatever is in the way, it's fake. There's nothing that can keep you from the love of God. No mountain too high, no valley too low to keep you away from the love of Jesus. Neither height nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nothing keeps us away from the love of Jesus. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive for it. You just have to say yes. So today, during our closing hymn, if you've never responded yes to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. But if you have responded yes to Jesus, and you still feel like you need to strive to get closer to the front, like you need to strive for morality, need to strive for things, need to strive just to to receive that love, come to the altar today and give up your striving. Receive the love of Jesus and be willing to offer it to other people. Let's pray. Jesus, so much of our self-worth has been caught up in striving. We think that we can cut to the front of the line We think that if we just get the the right Happy Meal toy or more of them, that somehow we will be better loved. But that is not the case. You don't care about any of that. You just love us. So God, I pray that you will give us the grace this morning to respond to you in love as well.
I pray that you'll give us the great grace to cease our striving and to start opening up space for other people to hear about the love that you offer them to. Not based on what they have or how they look or how they think or whether or not they match our categories or whether or not we think they're morally okay, but just based on the fact that you created them, you loved them, and you died for them. Help us to open up our lives and our spaces so that everybody can know they can stop striving and receive your love. In your name I pray. Amen.